Hey guys, it's me, Blake, and you're listening to another episode of Blonde Hair, Black Heart. Thank you guys so much for being here. We have a lot to talk about today and a really exciting guest later on, so let's dive into it. Okay, we have to talk about Britney Spears. Anyone who knows me knows that I am a huge believer in the Holy Spirit. She is my number one pop queen. Um, you know, I have been in love with her since I was a kid. I actually have a tattoo of Britney on my arm. Um, so, you know, when Britney was freed uh, late last year, it was a huge, huge deal, um, not only to Britney Spears fans, but to everyone. I mean, it seemed like the entire world was waiting on bated breath for Britney to be freed from this conservatorship that she had been in for over a decade. So, I'm so, so happy that she's finally free. We're all anxiously awaiting her to, you know, finally speak out for the first time in like a um, public forum. Um, You know, there's a lot of talks that she's going to go on to Oprah or that she's, you know, planning to write a book. All of those things are, are fantastic and I cannot wait and I'm so excited. Um, But the past week I've been so angry because you know, before Britney herself has had a chance to speak on everything that happened to her, her dumbass little sister, Judas Lynn, has gone on a press tour where she is supposedly um, promoting her book. But all she talks about is Britney Spears. Um, And she's seemingly doing anything in her power to discredit Britney, to um, make uh, herself and the rest of the family um, seem like they were innocent and everything, which at this point, like we, we know that that's not true. There are court documents and, and I mean, there's so much evidence proving that the Spears family was, um, just like completely screwing Brittany over. And, uh, for Jamie Lynn, I mean, I'm sorry, Judas Lynn to now be going and, you know, you know, like I said, trying to discredit Brittany and to make her seem, like she's crazy again. I mean, they're they're continuing to try to gaslight her and they're trying to gaslight the public into being like, you know, don't believe what you saw, don't believe what you heard, don't believe what you read. And I'm sorry, but it's bullshit. And whoever is on Judas Lynn's PR team and advise like, yeah, go on this book tour, go on Good Morning America, talk about Britney. What a fucking idiot. Anyone who thought that that like the public would respond to Judas Lynn speaking out before Britney is ridiculous, and this PR person deserves to be fired. Um, you know, Judas said in in her interview, uh, I think on on GMA, she also did a podcast. Um, all all of it is bullshit. But on GMA, she was saying like, you know, I've I've just received so much hate, and my family's receiving death threats from Britney fans, and you know, we just want the hate to stop, and blah blah blah. And it's like, bitch, you really thought that this was how you were gonna get the hate to stop by like going and bashing her more publicly, you know? And then uh, Judas is posting stuff on her Instagram and tagging Britney and being like, Britney, this is embarrassing. Like, why can't we handle this privately? Like, come talk to me. I'm your sister. And then the very next day, she goes and does a podcast appearance like oh I've been fuming all week um luckily though you know her interviews have all come out and it basically seems like it all blew up in her face no one's buying what she's selling including the book which has like a one star rating on Amazon um you know it's not a New York Times bestseller it's like a hardly even like a, a Borders Books discount rack seller so Uh, Sorry, Judas Lynn. Nice try. 
Okay, so I don't know if anyone else was super, super, super excited for the premiere of How I Met Your Father. I was a huge How I Met Your Mother fan. Um, it actually wasn't a show that I started watching like right when it came out in, I don't know, like 06 or 07, but my good friend from college, Hillary, hi Hillary, um, <laughs> she got me into it when we were in, in college and it, you know, it had already been on several seasons, so there was enough of it where we could just like lay in bed all day and, you know, instead of going to class and <laughs> binge watch it. So I, I love How I Met Your Mother. I still... Um, you know, watch it all the time. And I think it's hilarious. So when I heard that they were putting out How I Met Your Father, I was super excited. I was a little bit um, reluctant to get my hopes up too much, though, because you might not know that this is like the third time that they've tried to do How I Met Your Father. Um, I think there were two other times over the past, you know, like six or seven years where they've tried to do it and it just didn't pan out. So I was really, really hopeful and excited when this one uh, was actually announced. And it's Hilary Duff. I fucking love Hilary Duff. I mean, I think any millennial has a soft spot for Lizzie McGuire, but especially like a little gay millennial. Um, she was just such a like gay icon before I think we even realized what a gay icon was to us, you know? Um, I mean, as Lizzie, she was like, she, she was she was like a little gay boy, you know, she like, she didn't really fit in with like the popular girls, but she really wanted to. And she like wanted to be, you know, super cute and well-dressed. And she was obsessed with Britney Spears and, you know, like all of the things that like I also was. <laughs> so I, I love me some Hilary Duff. Um, so the How I Met Your Father uh, premiere aired last week. They actually released two episodes on Hulu. Um, so the first two episodes are out and it's really cute. You guys, I, I definitely recommend it. I mean, it's a, it's a sitcom. It's a three camera sitcom. So it's, it's got a, you know, solid layer of cheese on there, but I'm into that. I, I love a three camera sitcom format. I think it's great. And, um, you know, the past like decade or so, I feel like sitcoms kind of moved towards that, like mockumentary style, like uh, a la The Office or Modern Family, um, Parks and Rec. Uh, so to me, there's something really comforting about like a laugh track. So I'm I'm happy to have a show like that back. Now, I thought they did a really good job of honoring How I Met Your Mother without trying to like replicate it or, or copy it. I mean, there are like little Easter eggs throughout. And then, you know, at the end of, I think, the first episode, you find out that... Um, some of the cast members live in, you know, Ted and Lillian Marshall's old apartment. And so there's, you know, like nods to the original without it being like shoved down your throat. Like they're not at McLaren's. They have their own bar. Um, so far, we haven't, you know, seen any of the old cast pop up or anything. It's not like, you know, when they redid um, Full House, R.I.P. Bob Saget, and they they like quite literally just like read like redid the exact same show like it's like quite literally the exact same um and I didn't think that that worked because you can't have something you know something that worked brilliantly in 1987 isn't going to like work brilliantly in 2017 um so I think that when you're doing a reboot it's it's smart you have to make it fresh you have to make it its own thing and I think that How I Met Your Father did a really good job of that so I'm excited to see what happens um Little baby spoiler, but I mean, this this all happens within the first episode, so it's not too much of a spoiler. But so obviously, the whole premise of How I Met Your Mother 
is that Ted is talking to his kids, you know, from sometime in the future. And the whole series, I think it was like nine or 10 seasons, is him telling the story of how he met their mother. And you never know who the mother is. And so over those nine or 10 seasons, every woman that he dates, like it's the possibility that it could be her. So what's interesting in How I Met Your Father is they introduce like four male lead characters in this pilot episode. And then at the end of the episode, she reveals, you know, and that's the night I met your father. And then they flash to all four of those guys. So they've set it up where we know going into the series that one of these four men is the father. Now, it's interesting to me because... Initially, I was like, well, that's going to really limit it. Like, if this show were to go on, you know, a nine-season run, could they really drag it out with just four love interests? Like, on How I Met Your Mother, Ted literally dated all of New York City. You know, there was always an element of, like, could it be her? Could it be her? And in How I Met Your Father, like, they've already pinpointed, like, it's going to be one of these four guys, so we know who to look out for. So that could be limiting, but it also could make it more fun. Like... You know, anytime these characters are interacting, we're always going to be wondering, like, you know, are these the seeds being set? So I don't know. I, I really think the writing is smart. The writing on the original was really smart. There's a lot of like time jumping and, and like, you know, um, flashbacks and and flash forwards and flash sideways and and all of that. So it's a really fun time. If you didn't watch How I Met Your Mother, obviously I recommend it, but um, definitely check out How I Met Your Father on Hulu. This isn't a sponsored post for How I Met Your Father. I just, I really liked it. Okay, guys, so we're about to get into our interview, but before we do, there was a piece of breaking news this last week that I just really have to address. So um, I'd like to take this moment and um, speak to someone in particular. To the green M&M, you do you, girl. You want to slut it up? Slut it up. That's your right as an M&M in America. You know, I didn't think that an M&M could bring Democrats and Republicans together, but I was pleasantly surprised to see all people, um, you know, crossing party lines to unify and tell the green M&M that if she wants to wear her hooker heels, she can wear her hooker heels. Because let's face it, we all know that slut life is a lifestyle. I mean, it's not it's not what you have on your feet. It's what you have in your heart. So to the green M&M, we support you. We have your back. Um, you want to wear tennis shoes while you're, you know, uh, stomping the curb, so to speak, then you do that girl. But if you want to wear, uh, you know, half a centimeter high heel, if that makes you feel sexy, if that you know, attracts the the kind of um, tall peanut M&M that you like, then get it, girl. Get it. It's 2022 in America. Like, be free. Be free. 
Okay guys, without any further ado, let's get into my interview with The Broke Agent. Now, if you know the BA, he is a hilarious uh, viral content creator on Instagram. Um, All of his posts are uh, focused towards real estate. So if you are a realtor or um, someone who's ever bought or sold a house, you are going to find him hilarious. But let's be real, his content is relatable to anyone, whether you are someone who works in customer service or you're anyone who's just ever had a conversation with someone before, you're probably going to find some of his stuff pretty damn funny. So uh, check him out after our interview and um, yeah, enjoy. Okay, guys, now I don't want to stroke this guy's ego too much, but I do have to give props where props are due. I am speaking with a real estate agent, a social media guru and viral content creator, a public speaker, a published author, and more importantly, my friend, Eric Simon, aka The Broke Agent. Hey, Eric. Great to be here. That's a a hell of a list right there. Published author. It's a cartoon book that sold two copies. Hey, you know what? Hey, I bought the second one. So there you you go. Thank you. (laughs) No, I mean, honestly, those accolades are incredible. And I'm so proud to know you. And I'm really happy that you agreed to do my silly little podcast. So thank you. No, thank you. I appreciate it. This will be fun. Yeah. So uh, most of our listeners probably know who you are. I mean, you are everywhere on Instagram these days, but If you're listening and you don't know who the broke agent is, he is a viral meme creator and your memes are all focused towards real estate. So um, you you were a real estate agent first, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So how long were you working as an agent and when did you start uh, memeing for lack of a better word? (laughs) Well, it's more than just a meme company at this point, but yes. (laughs) I know you have a book. uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Book of memes. Um, So I started real estate about nine years ago. And I started as the receptionist at a brokerage in Beverly Hills called Hilton and Highland. So that's where I was doing a lot of phone answering and admin work and kind of assistant work on the side for agents. And then I became an assistant for a top agent at the brokerage. His name is David Kramer. And that's when I actually started showing houses, dealing with contracts, inspections, um, sitting actual open houses, And then I became a buyer's agent where I was cold calling and door knocking and trying to generate my own leads. So that was no salary. Calling all of your friends being like, hey, you need to buy a house. (laughs) Exactly. Just completely changing my relationship with everybody, ruining everything. Um, And then so I'd say about a year and a half, two years into having my license is when the broke agent started. So that came from just the constant pain of rejection uh, from cold calling and door knocking and sitting these dead open houses and scrolling through Instagram and seeing nothing but real estate success stories and just being kind of disgusted with it, basically. Right. Now, did you pure all- jealousy. Yeah, of course. I mean, I right. feel like that's uh, all that real estate is. It's like, you know, looking what other, what another agent is doing and, and being super jealous, but hopefully that, you know, drives you, lights a fire under you a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, did you know that this was going to be something that you wanted to kind of parlay into a business or was it, were you creating content just for fun at first? So, yeah, I started with a friend of mine in West Pinkston. So we actually had a real estate team of ourselves, but we started focusing specifically on the broke agent and was going to the real estate office just to post broke agent content. We always knew. <laughs> I bet the brokers loved that. <laughs> they didn't know. 
until we switched brokerages because they saw too many broke agent posts, found out it was us. And they were like, get the hell out of here. Basically. What have you been doing all day long? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, besides, you know, potentially ruining the reputation of their brand. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but we always knew it would become something. Now it's just me, but there weren't too many avenues of monetization yet. So I always knew that just building the brand and putting out quality content for however long it took was the most important aspect of it. I mean, it, you know, back in 2015, 16, Instagram didn't have all the options that it has now for monetization. Right. Um, as far as like links and posting to your stories, it was kind of like you just had to do a feed post and put a link in your bio. Right. Which, you know, it wasn't a great way to get people to actually click. And then I thought, okay, maybe merchandise. So I really just didn't know what direction we wanted to take it in, but we knew it was going to become a business. When uh, did you first really realize that it had taken off? Like, do you remember your first viral post? Yeah. Um, we had a real estate coach named Tom Ferry who showed or shared one of our posts. And that was kind of like recognition from yeah. someone that wasn't just in our inner circle or brokerage. So that was a really good feeling. And then I noticed that when I started going to real estate conferences, so we got asked to speak maybe six months after starting the broke agent at the Inman conference in San Francisco. And so many people were going up to us, you know, we were wearing broke agent shirts. Right. And that was when I kind of realized that, you know, it's one thing to get comments from other people, but to have people actually come up and, you know, recognize you was a really cool feeling. So I'd say about six months in is when I realized that this definitely had legs and there was nothing else like this at the time. Like there were no other real estate meme pages. There's something called lighter side of real estate which is kind of a more um, boomer-esque uh, <laughs> content, for right. lack of a better word, where it's just kind of more vanilla. Yeah. Um, so that existed as a massive Facebook page. And they do great work too, but there wasn't anything that was really covering like the inner monologue from kind of an edgier, uh, more sinister, unfiltered standpoint. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned brand recognition and... I very, very briefly worked in real estate in like 2016. And I yep. remember telling you at that time that everyone that I worked with, you know, knew who you were and was following the page. And um, even now, you know, I have a bunch of friends who, I mean, everyone has a bunch of friends and relatives and, you know, acquaintances that are all real estate agents, but all of everyone I know that's in the industry, they're always uh, resharing your posts. And it's, it's funny. I'm always thinking to, to myself, like, I wonder if they actually know Eric or if they just are a fan slash follower of yours, but um, it definitely gives me a little bit of clout when I can be like, Oh, I know the broke agent. Like I'm friends. Right, with exactly. Broke agent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now what does it take to make a good viral post? Like how do you know when you've got a hit on your hands or is it sometimes mm -hmm. like the most surprising thing strikes gold? Yeah. I think being culturally relevant is what really does it. So if there's a trending meme or topic, whether it's, you know, Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian <laughs> or squid game or tiger King, you know, a couple of years ago, capitalizing on what's going on in pop culture is a great recipe to create something that's viral. A lot of times you don't really know what's going to hit necessarily, but I think that's kind of a recipe is making sure that you're on brand or you're on topic uh, with pop culture. And then also technologically, like as far as the post structure. So if you consume a lot of content, you see a reel, um, you know, whether it's a trending audio or trending lip sync or a trending challenge or something like that, that's kind of the perfect combination is pop culture. And then also whatever the topic 
or not sorry topic but the way the post is being structured if that makes sense right so now it's more real so it's not really meme based stuff yeah but you know if there's a great super bowl or meme or something like that if you could just hit it immediately everyone's going to share that because everyone's experiencing that moment at the exact same time and that right. really is a good recipe for it yeah and you see that a lot with these memes or, or posts or social media trends where you know one person comes up with something really funny and creative and then everyone kind of takes it and puts their own spin on it and yeah. then it becomes like this running joke or almost like you know millions of people have this inside joke together and and you've done a really good job on capitalizing off of that now what's your process like how often are you creating are My you creative just, process yeah yeah tell me about the artistic process yeah exactly well there's so before it used to be all real estate so well it's still all real estate but it came from my personal experience so the more active i was as real estate agent the more content i got so right. anytime i had a phone call with another agent or sat in an open house or experienced an inspection or something shitty happened to me i would get you know i would put it all in my notes section of my phone and basically have a list of different categories and then test it out on twitter and facebook is this a tweet is this just text based? is this you know, do I attach an image to it? Is it a video? Is it something I could actually act out as a long form skit? And then um, kind of just play with that. So that was how I got my first content. And now it's a ton of submissions, which is awesome. So yeah. the bigger uh, the brand has got, the more agents have actually wanted to submit content because they're coming across all these funny things. And I think their brain has been trained now to recognize kind of what's funny and what could be posted on the pages. Yeah. So I get a lot of submissions. We have a discord channel where people submit content with different categories. And then I also look at a bunch of real estate Facebook pages and see what's going on in Arizona realtors or lab code agents, kind of these bigger Facebook pages, see what the general conversation is, you know, take a screenshot of it, rework it. And then also I look at so much other content, other meme pages that aren't even real estate based and you know throw at an open house at the end of it. So I basically just steal a bunch of content. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think that's probably really smart. I think it's your, like you said earlier, there was nothing like this prior to the broke agent. So I think you're taking um, something that is probably a really saturated market and like memes in general are all over the place, but there weren't real estate memes. So just by adding that like tiny bit of, of real estate ism at the end, you know, it makes it a completely different thing. Yeah. It's kind of rotating the same 20, 30 captions on new videos or new, <laughs> yeah. new pictures. I mean, there's obviously new concepts that come up, but it's, it's really just, you know, you see a, a, an expression of someone pissed off and it's like, oh, when your deal falls through, you know, right. it's pretty, this, right. isn't, this isn't rocket science. Ex you know? Exactly. But, so, I mean, it's basically like playing that game. What do you meme? Have you ever played that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So it's I, just I like, like that, but didn't add know. for the real, there's a real estate one. Oh my God. They literally took 90% of my content and so made, funny. made the, the game. I deserve royalties. <laughs> that exactly you should. You should demand royalties, but that's also how you know that you've made it when you know sure. they're they're ripping off all of your stuff. Exactly. Um, and I wanted to touch on your point, you know, of how now you're you're getting all of these submissions and you're kind of uh, you know, uh, taking stories and jokes and and you know, funny uh, anecdotes from other agents. I mean, truth is always stranger than fiction. So, I'm sure you just have so many stories coming to you from agents that are like so beyond belief that are things that you could never possibly make up that it's probably like the best possible way to get content. It, well, it's the perfect industry for content because you're dealing with people and their most expensive assets. So right. you're dealing with lunatics or pe at least people at the time who are 
unhinged and emotional. And, you know, they just got 10 offers rejected after looking for six months and they're furious and they're sending like vicious text messages yeah. that get screenshotted and sent to me. And then you're dealing with agents who, you know, the barrier to entry to real estate is basically non-existent. You know, you take a test, you're dealing with a lot of agents that post the dumbest marketing bits you've ever seen in your life yeah. of misspellings, or they upload pictures literally of their ass right. to the MLS <laughs> or something like that. So there's bad real estate picks and marketing blunders on the agent side. And there's also the client humor as well. So it's just, it's nonstop. And like yeah. you said, yeah, truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah, I, good, I've never heard that before. It's good. I, I didn't make that up. I know, okay, I will, of course I'll take before. the claim for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny. I was going to ask you at, at some point during this conversation, like, why do you think that real estate translates into comedy so well? But I think you kind of just, uh, you just nailed it. It's because it is such a, a serious industry and it's, it's something that people do take really, really seriously. I mean, like you said, you're dealing with people's biggest asset. So um yeah, I, I think when you can marry something that's like really, really serious in tone with just like completely shitting on it for humor, I think that's uh, when lightning strikes. So, so. lethal combo. And every exactly. everyone's bought or sold a house at some point or rented a place. Right. So they're even on the consumer side, they've dealt with real estate agents. So I always thought that I would tap out at some point from a following standpoint, because, you know, once you hit a certain percentage of realtors, is, is that the end? But right. then I realized that other people in sales industries or that are working commission only or just people that don't follow or that aren't real estate. I get so many messages from people saying like, hey, I just bought a house and like, this is hilarious to me. Like my dad did this exact same thing or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I follow you because we're friends, but oh, I like I really like your content and I'm not in real estate. So it's Thank definitely, you. yeah, it's, it's easy. Yeah. To um, do you ever worry about kind of like, crossing the line between funny and unprofessional. I mean, you talked about when you were first starting and you were a little bit worried about like ruining your brokerage's rep reputation. Are, are yes. you ever conscious of that? Or at this point, are you like, fuck it, I'm the broke agent, I'm gonna say what I want. No, I'm constantly conscious of it. I like to <laughs> act like I don't care at all, but I very much care. I know you care a lot. Yeah, you know, I care <laughs> a lot. But I'll, like, I'll even message you something to see if it's tone deaf. Like if it's a joke yeah, about Britney Spears or something like that. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you want to, you don't want to offend people really. Yeah. And I know some people will get offended, but definitely when I was a real estate agent, there was that line of, am I spending too much time on this? Can my client see that I just posted 16 times today and, <laughs> you know, did 15 Instagram stories? Are they going right. to think I'm a moron because they haven't found a place yet? Or the hardest part was when something hilarious would happen with a client and I had to sit on that post for months right. and then maybe months after that, just so that client didn't think that the post was specific to them. Yeah. And then have rework you, it a bunch of ways. Have you ever gotten into like serious trouble with a client because of that? No, but I've had people screenshot it and say like, this is exactly what happened to us. And usually it's not even actually about that specific client. Yeah. It's just, you know, something that other agents have experienced too, that maybe was submitted. And then I have to be like, no, 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 it's not about you. I promise. Even <laughs> I though promise. it might've been, yeah. but yeah, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of, you know, like making sure that your clients feel like you're not neglecting them. Well, I guess first, uh, because I don't think we've actually talked about you like 
selling real estate since COVID hit, are you still like actively working as an agent or are you kind I'm, of more I'm actively, so right when COVID hit, I actually did four of like the biggest deals in my life. Hell um, yeah. Which was awesome. Because I know, I know you were struggling before then. I was like, yeah. really, I was really worried for you. I was like, yeah. he's going to be out on the streets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really I hope was. this broke agent thing works out. That book better be good. Yeah, no, people better buy those key shirts that I sell. <laughs> you know, that's a game changer. Right? Um, but I'm still licensed but I am full-time broke agent now officially. So the pandemic also was great for me. So there was like a three or four month period where real estate was slow Yeah, and people didn't want to show houses. People didn't want to list their houses. People didn't want to leave their house. People didn't want to leave their house. So there was, you know, especially in Los Angeles where I am, um, you know, so that, that really made me like boggled down and just say, okay, like if this isn't going to be happening right now and commission's not coming in, I got to go as hard as possible on the broke agent and content and monetization. Yeah. So now I'm full-time broke agent and I've found a bunch of ways to monetize, but you know, it was always a combination, which was a necessary combination because the content was coming in yeah. from real estate. And also, you know, that's where the initial money was coming in too. Yeah. So now how, how did you juggle all of that? I mean, for anyone who's listening that, that wants to get into content creation, I mean, a lot of our listeners are people, um, from the Bravo verse, like real housewives fans and stuff. And we all have like Bravo fan pages and we're memeing left and right. So for anyone that's doing this, I mean, for most of them, it's like a side hustle and something they do, um, part-time, but I think the, the, the dream is to, you know, realize what you've realized. And like, I want to be writing a, a book with memes about the housewives. So how do right. I juggle it all? How do I, how do I juggle my full-time job and being a content creator and a friend and a fiance and, you know, all of the things that you are. Right. Um, well, I think from the real estate perspective, it's really difficult to be a part-time agent and not yeah. have your entire, you know, foot in the industry or that's not the right expression, your entire like head in yeah. exactly what you're doing. Any body like, part you need. Yeah. Any body part. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, like you were a real estate agent. So if you're not in it 100% and learning every aspect of the market, you're not even necessarily confident in yourself. Right. So you are just going to kind of shy away from leads or shy away from deals as opposed to someone who's extremely knowledgeable and, and hitting marketing all day and, you know, learning every aspect of the market. Um, so I don't think you could necessarily be a part-time agent, but I know it's a commission only gig. So I mean, I'll get to the, the social media aspect. I'm just like explaining it from my route of how take, take me on a ride, baby. Okay. Take me on a ride. <laughs> I don't want to be like, too long. No, we're, Hey, we've got all the time in the world. Okay. Great. I mean, unless you've got a heart out, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I could, I could be here all day. All right, cool. Um, and then from a content perspective, I think it, like for me, it, it evolved so much as to, well, what am I, what can I sell? Right. Or what can I help agents with? And, w- and once I flipped that mindset to not, you know, can I sell them a, a book called commission impossible or sell them t-shirts, but what am I really good at? And it's social media strategy. Right. What do agents need help with social media strategy, whether it's in the form of eBooks, a course, or what we came up with was a template platform. Um, so Coffee and Contracts already existed as a template platform for agents to uh, brand and customize templates that are memes, GIFs, infographics, stuff like that. So now I create content exclusively for agents to brand for their clients. So it really helps busy agent, agents, um, you know, with. So their- it's basically like, you know, um, 
pre-established content that they can then brand for themselves exactly. and, and they're they can, kind of becoming like a little version of the broke agent themselves yeah so but it but it's humor directed at clients so my humor is directed at agents this is more informative humor and then gotcha. there's e yeah there's email templates story templates instagram right Reels because a, an agent you know they don't want their followers to all be other agents they want their followers to be potential clients exactly Yes. You're a genius. Um, yeah, this genius. Is, this is genius. Yeah, completely genius. Well, I mean, I this already existed and I'm just, you know, Take creating content credit, for, Eric. for this Take platform. Take the credit. Well, not if she not if Haley's listening. Haley created the content. <laughs> um, so that was great. But as far as any content creator going all in and monetizing, I think you have to test everything out, I guess. I mean, that's not a very smart answer, I guess, but like, you know, how much are brand deals bringing you in? Are you, you know, doing it from an affiliate standpoint? Are you doing it a pay per post? Are you doing Instagram stories? Are you doing Facebook posts? Like there's just so many different avenues of it. I think you just have to test it out. Does that make sense? That was stupid. Not, yeah. not a great answer there. Yeah. So I could, do, I could do better than that if you pull it out of me. Somehow. We're past it. And okay, at, that's at, it. yeah, at this okay. point, I think I'm just going to say maybe like sign up uh, for one of your like info sessions or something. Maybe yeah, yeah. Like sign more. up for one of my info sessions. Yeah. I'll, there's going to be more, to more there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So you, you mentioned that you can't really go halvesies on being a real estate agent. I mean, and I know I... I bought a house last year and then I bought another house this year. And I was like, I think I was a nightmare client. I mean, I was, you know, texting my agent at two in the morning with Zillow listings and like, oh Hey, gosh. this just hit the market. I need to go see it yesterday. Um, but so you can't have an agent that's like not present. Correct. And I, I think, and in fact, I saw <laughs> one person in particular, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name names. Um, but if this person is listening, they're going to know like your clients reading your memes, they're going to know that this is about them. Um, so someone very recently was just like, yeah, I'm going to get into real estate. Like, I think it'll be a really easy side hustle. I can just like do it part-time while I'm a full-time teacher. And, uh, if I sell two houses, I'll be set. And I remember thinking to myself, like, you have such a skewed idea of what it actually takes to be an agent. Like um, imagine if your real estate agent was a teacher and you called them to go see a listing and they're like, Oh, sorry, I'm in class until five. And then I have parent teacher conferences after that. And then I have to grade these papers. I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to get a new agent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> that is, <laughs> th that is the, 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 the rumor, I guess, about real estate is just that it is, you could it, do it as a side hustle. You get right. license, you sell a couple homes a year and you crush it and it's that easy. And there's an extra, yeah. you know, 50 grand, 100 grand in your pocket, depending right. on, you know, what, what market you're in. But like you said, you're not going to even understand what you're doing. So if you're a full-time teacher, you're not even putting out the right marketing pieces. You know nothing about the market. You have no idea how to handle contracts. You have no experience with inspections or negotiating or what happens, you know, when there's mold and you have to get a mold inspector and right. the, the appraisal falls through or something like that. Like this is all stuff that you have to experience yeah. and it takes, you know, years and years of experience to become like an established agent or an agent that actually knows what they're doing. Yeah. So well, it's, it's really hard to even break in the industry unless you're working on a team.
Yeah, well, and it's it's 2022. I have to assume that the vast majority of clients and agents are all kind of working at rapid speed. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you hear nightmare stories about like a, a boomer client that like wants all of everything sent via fax or like exactly. you know uh, like signed in I, person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but but for the most part, it's like bam, bam, bam. Things need to happen really fast. You need answers really fast, and especially in this market, like if you want to get a house for your client, like you can't, you can't not be available, you know? Yeah. And also so many clients are almost working with other agents because everybody knows five or six real estate agents. So if that agent is, isn't responding, I'll get messages sent to me of people saying like, Hey, my agent's too busy, or I couldn't reach my agent. Can you tell me, you know, what to do in this situation? Yeah. And those piss really piss off the other agent that you know, or those piss off the people they even sent it to because they're like, well, why aren't you working with me then? Because so many agents won't even sign buyer exclusive agreements because you feel like you're forcing your buyer into a relationship. You know, like a lot of people just work with buyers without signing that agreement. So yeah, yeah, that happens all the time. What are um, some other big uh, faux pas you think like a real estate agent can make? I think not focusing on social media is a big faux pas. I think a lot of agents who've been established in their 40s and 50s think that traditional marketing is still the way to go, whether it's billboard ads, park benches, newspapers, uh, even just Facebook ads or something that could be slightly antiquated at this point. I think vertical video is the most important aspect of marketing right now. And if you're not doing that, you're going to just completely fall behind because there's so many agents that are willing to be posting in your face content. So even if it, you know, agent in Beverly Hills is you know 60 years old and has this massive clientele list, um, I think a lot of them will still be losing out on other clients because there's just other younger agents that are hungrier and posting nonstop to social media. I mean, TBH, if I saw like this really badass, like luxury real estate agent who's like in her 60s making this like cool TikTok style video, I would 100% list my house with her. Yeah, be awesome. Cause- it, it makes them, you know, technologically relevant. And you're just right. like, okay, this agent is on top of the ball. Yeah. Like this agent knows what they're doing and you know, you're going to be able to text with them and communicate with them as opposed to uh, an agent that's not posting that type of content. Yeah. Now, you know, you mentioned the vertical video and you've obviously the past uh, couple of years, you've been putting yourself out there a lot more <laughs> as like the face of the broke agent. You must think that you're pretty funny, don't you? No, no. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to get responses on social media, certainly. But I think I'm funnier within conversation. I haven't been really funny in this, you know, episode. But I think I think it's been great. I mean, I'm well, definitely carrying the episode, but yeah, absolutely. I'm the host, so it's well, like- I mean, I'm just rattled by my lack of um, that horrible answer I made on how to make money with your content. So I blocked it out. I blocked it. Okay. Thank God. Um, so do you have any like comedy or improv experience? Like, I, I mean, we go so, so, so way back and like, I don't, I've never seen you like, you've never thought it was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I've never seen you as like a, like a performer, but you clearly are such a performer, you know, um, that's, that's in you. So where did that come from? It's so different. Well, I worked at the Laugh Factory Comedy Club right after college, but I was- How did I not know that? Well, I wasn't doing comedy. I was a a marketing assistant. I was scheduling Facebook posts. Gotcha. But I've always liked comedy and listened to comedy podcasts and everything, but it's way easier to do comedy on social media, especially by putting text over a meme is the lowest form of comedy. Um, But, you know, filming yourself- I I don't know. I, I think prop comedy is pretty bad. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not carrot top. I'm not like you know, picking up an open house sign and you know, wearing smacking it yourself with it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I think I am good at knowing. I I'm good at knowing what's funny. I'm yeah. good at knowing what other people is going to think is funny. And then I'm good at filming myself when no one's around. Like I can't have Anne in the other room and I'm saying they're making a TikTok video. Right. So that's right. why like, it, it, it's really hard because, you know, if I'm like making faces or lip syncing or doing like a skit where I'm playing different characters or something like yeah. that, I really need like my own creative space and you right. have to be in a funny mood for something like that. But yeah as far as like performances go, I've never done anything. Like I that. mean, you guys, you, and then you have um, your, your friend who you co-host your podcast with. Yeah. Also who's incredible. He's like an actual actor basically. Okay. So he kind of carries you guys when you're doing those. Sketches. No, 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 no. You, you keep saying everyone's carrying me. No, <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, you're carrying you're, me in this podcast. You're, you're pretty thin. You're, you're easy to carry. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's, is he, so he's an actor. He has some like comedy. Well, he's just a really good actor. He's a real okay. estate agent. That is a great singer, great actor. Kind of like you, actually. He's just like a versatile, like he's just versatile. He's a showman. He's, yeah. He's a showman. Exactly. Yeah. But um, you guys do a lot of, of contents like out in, you know, out in public, like influencers in the wild kind of stuff. Are you just mm -hmm. more, are you mortified of all of that? No, I mean, that's better when there's someone else involved for sure. Okay. Yeah. So whenever there's someone else involved in a skit, I think I'm way better. And yeah. I've gotten way more comfortable in front of the camera too. So like the first interviews I would do about this or speaking gigs, I was not very good at it. I didn't really know what to say besides the story of the broke agent. But now I feel like I have some more knowledge to talk on when I'm talking about like social media strategy and branding. Right, right. I mean, you know, you say that you don't think you're super, super funny, but clearly people think that you're funny because the broke agent has over 350,000 followers. I mean, that's, that's huge. So my question is, how are you not verified? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, <laughs> I figured you would ask this question. I think it's because it started off specifically as a meme page and Instagram's not really verifying meme pages anymore, but uh, as this has evolved into a media company, right and conglomerate or whatever yeah. the hell you want to call it a publishing it, house a publishing house exactly <laughs> a podcast yeah. merchandise template platform social media strategy course everything like that i do think the verification is coming and i have an interview with entrepreneur magazine and like a Dang. week amazing i'm speaking I mean, this at this guy's brokerage and he's like a contributor there so i'm hoping so you need media to get verified. right that's what i was gonna just say establish that media that that's that's what it takes is you know having um those bits in the press and i mean obviously i think this podcast is gonna do it for you watch i'm gonna Absolutely. i'm gonna this put this up and the next morning you're gonna have that sexy blue check mark oh my god that would be uh, incredible. all right um so i kind of i want to gear out of the real estate. I mean, I guess I want to go more into like some fun stuff, Okay. Um, but I guess it's still real estate adjacent. Um, okay. okay. Take your pick. Mm -hmm. You can only, you can only choose one forever. Okay. Million dollar listing or selling sunset. Selling sunset because it's a lot of hot girls that I could look at. There you go. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah, and and yeah, your exactly. fiance. Yeah. Tell my fiance that. I mean, uh, I'm just being honest here. Right? Right. What am I supposed hey. to say? That's what this podcast is If I had to watch about. one nonstop, it would definitely be Selling Sunset. And also because it's Los Angeles. Well, there's Million Dollar Listing LA. Yeah, but you just said Million Dollar Listing. That could have meant New York or Los but Angeles. But I didn't mean New York. Okay, <laughs> well, whatever. Selling <laughs> which, which do you think is like a more um, legitimate or like realistic as, as to what it's like to be an agent? 
I mean, you're not like this hot, sexy woman stomping around Beverly Hills, but is, right. is Selling Sunset like pretty true to form? I, I've watched like one episode. So my old roommate used to watch a ton of million dollar listing and I would just not think it's realistic because they, you know, $400,000 commission and it would happen where the buyer walks into that open house. The seller of course is there. The negotiation happens over, you know, vodka shots in some right. club and then it closes like, you know, the next five and, days. Or and they have like the that. check like deposited into their account. That's yes, it, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I guess I would say still million dollar listing just because there was a couple of brokers that worked that were on the show that were in my brokerage. And I know that all the listings and everything is actually real, not okay. necessarily the timing. And I, I'm sure most of it's real and selling sunset too, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's not realistic for an average agent to watch that and be like, this is what real estate is like. Right. Well, and that said, even, you know, a, a classic real estate show like uh, house hunters isn't all too realistic because like, I don't know. My thing is, what is the likelihood of every single episode, the house that they choose, like the the seller accepts their offer? Like you never see their offers decline. Like you never see anything like that on those shows. So I've yeah, always I mean, thought it's it was- all it's all predetermined. And right. with all those shows, it's also casting, right? So they're they're casting talent as well that you know probably just bought a house recently, and then they film everything like kind of in the back end. Right. Right. Okay. Now. You can only choose one. It doesn't, not even to work for, but just like to exist. That's how extreme this is. Okay. So the other, okay. (laughs) The agency or the Oppenheim group? Uh, I would have to destroy the Oppenheim group. Done. Because yes. I mean, I don't know if that means everyone working there is dead. Blow it up. Blow it up. Okay. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, The agency I'd keep definitely because I know a lot of people there and because Matt, my podcast host is in the agency. So if I destroyed him, I'm destroying the other half of last podcast. So that would be a disastrous business move. Yeah. Now, speaking of the agency, you actually interviewed Mauricio on the over ask podcast, didn't you? I didn't, but Matt did. So when we first started the podcast, um, I, I clearly didn't watch it. Yeah, I just, I, I tried to do my research just, ahead of time. I probably just told you Mauricio was on the podcast. I think, I think Anne actually texted me and was like, I think you know who this person was. And yes. I, I'm like, of course I do. But I know Mauricio and have met Mauricio and have talked to Mauricio. Oh, if wow. That, if that's okay. Funny. Now, have you ever asked Mauricio if he thinks that um, his wife, Kyle and Lisa Vanderpump will make up? I have never asked him that question. No. Okay, will you Sorry. ask him for me? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll okay. ask him. I'll okay. slide into his DMs. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. But when we first started the podcast, it was just Matt hosting because I thought it was going to be like the broke agent presents. Gotcha. And then I hopped and on a couple yeah, episodes. Yeah, you couldn't let like, him. Yeah, you couldn't I was like, let why him this, have that. Why is this happening to me? This guy's crushing it. I need to get on here and you know have him carry me, as you would right. say. Right. Okay. So we're gonna wrap up here. This is this is where we're getting into the nitty gritty. Okay. So obviously our listeners know by this point that we're old friends. What you might not know is we've known each other for like literal decades. Yeah. We went to high school together. Um, you are currently engaged to one of my best friends since like middle school. You guys were at my wedding. Um, so my first question is, am I going to be in your guys' wedding? That's a good question. We are in the process right now of deciding if we want bridesmaids and groomsmen. So okay. 
but you will be invited to the wedding, of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously. <laughs> yes, um, but that's, I, we're, we're figuring everything out right now. We're actually flying to Tucson in late January to look at Hacienda and some other. Oh, venues. perfect. Yeah. I'll go with you guys. Cool. Okay. Yeah, um, so if you, if you opt out of having like a wedding party in general, then fine. Mm-hmm. No feelings hurt. If okay. you guys have people standing up there with you and I'm not one of them, mm-hmm. I am going to what are you burn do? the place down like okay. it was the Oppenheim group, I swear to God. Whose side are you going to be on, mine or Anne's? Whoever, whoever chooses whoever me to stand you. with them, yeah. If, okay. it's, if it's you, it's you. Okay. All right? <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I will discuss with Anne after Okay, good, good. Yeah. And now my final question of the episode, what did you really think about me in high school? I liked you in high school. I don't think we were like that close we were always kind of hanging around the same circles always had an amicable relationships relationship um so yeah i liked you in high school what did you think about me i didn't know who you were and that and that is my interview with the broke agent what a crock of shit no no i mean we were we were a great apart um I knew, I knew who you were and I thought you were like a really funny guy. And I knew that you were one day going to kill it on Instagram, even though yeah, exactly. Instagram did not exist in 2004. I, I think I, I think I had a little jealousy, um, little jealousy towards you because you were always hanging out with Tracy and I had like a crush on Tracy in high school. And you kind of like had that group of girls always surrounding you. Yeah. And I think that I think that pissed me off because I'm like, you know, why aren't they just hanging out with me? Right. So yeah. The struggle that, is real, buddy. I think that I, was my initial, you know, qualm with you. I actually just saw Tracy last week. She was in town oh, nice. and we went out uh, for to lunch and she came over to the house. And um, I I take credit for, for Tracy. I what, her for her entire her glow up. She I, <laughs> I I pulled a she's the man on her. She was like a she was a band nerd and I like took off her glasses and pulled her hair out of the ponytail and then she was hot and, and she, she's like what I she's what I like to call an honors writing and lit girl. Yeah. As is Anne. Like yes. that was always oh, my, yes. that, is that was type, always my type sure. is girls that were in honors writing of like, yeah. like AP Euro and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I no. mean, your, your fiance is my attorney. So I think that right, kind of exactly. says it all. Uh, all right, Eric, tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, the Broke Agent, uh, thebrokeagent.com. We are launching a media company at the end of February. Not this is, this already wasn't a media company, but we are adding an entire news division to the Broke Agent and doing more blogs, more podcasts, more shows, and really stepping up the content. So thebrokeagent.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Eric. I keep wanting to call you stick because I've never, I've never <laughs> called you Eric until right now. I know but... it's patronizing when you call me Eric. It's I know. I'm, I'm sorry, Eric. It's okay. Uh...